Hello and welcome back to another episode of a cozy Christmas podcast. My name is Art and is it just me or is this room haunted? Uh, welcome back. Uh, today I have a great guest on board. Her name is Carol J. Perry and uh, she writes uh, a cozy mystery series set in a haunted bed and breakfast and the second one that takes place at Christmas time is called High Spirits. And I'm really excited to be able to introduce her and her books to you today. Uh, so join us as we talk more about Cozy Mysteries as well as all things Christmas. I know there is a cozy chat ahead. I will also give her the cozy Christmas quiz. So we'll find out more about uh, her traditions and memories and what makes Christmas special for her. Before we get started, I do want to remind you that we have our 100th episode coming up. The special will be dropped on December 20th. So uh, if you have any questions for our listener question and answer time, uh, please get those to me, whether email at cozychristmaspodcast at gmail.com, or you can direct message me on any of the social media accounts. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, but yeah, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to also hear any of your favorite Christmas memories, traditions, things you're thankful for. If you want to give a special shout out to anyone, let me know. We'll get it on the show. I'm, I'm hoping to have a a big 100th episode extravaganza with a lot of listener involvement. So I need your help and uh, let's make this episode really special because if it wasn't for you all, uh, I don't think I would have made it to 100 episodes. All right, with that, uh, let's go ahead and jump to our interview with uh, Carol J. Perry. I have a, a special guest on the episode today. Her name is Carol J. Perry, and she's the author of the Haunted Haven Mystery Series. So it combines, well, it's a haunted hotel, and the mystery is afoot. It stars a wonderful uh, dog named Finn, and I think a protagonist too. So <laughs> I have eyes for the dog. Well, Carol, welcome to the uh, Cozy Christmas Podcast. Thank you, Art. It's good to meet you and everybody else. I've recommended your books in a, a recent video I did on my YouTube channel. Uh, and so I'm excited to have you on uh, to talk about, especially your second book, uh, High Spirits, which takes place at Christmas time and was a, was a great mystery, but a, a wonderful cozy read as well. Well, uh, so for folks just meeting you for the first time, introduce yourself, uh, what other books have you written and what this series is about? Okay. Um, I have written, have written two series, or am in continuing to work on both of them. I, I write the Witch City Mystery Series, which takes place in my hometown of Salem, Massachusetts, where I was born on Halloween Eve. Mm. The publicity department enjoyed that about that series. And the second series takes place in Florida, where I live now. And uh, Although Salem is a real place, and I use a number of real places in, in that series, my uh, Haunted Haven series, I have uh, Haven is an, an invented town. It's made up of bits and pieces of some of the Florida towns that the, the, the theme parks have missed and the big highways have missed. And there are still, still quite a few very charming old Florida places that still have some of the architecture and the feel. And uh, my Haunted Haven series, of course, I have the added attraction of a number of ghosts, a significant number of ghosts. Mm -hmm. uh, 
my protagonist in that series is Maureen Doherty, uh, who once was a ready-to-wear buyer in a major Boston department store. Uh, and as, as has happened with many of the brick and mortar stores, uh, they close up and Maureen was out of a job. And Finn, the golden retriever, Finn had been trained to be a, uh, a, guard, a guide dog, but he was too friendly and too curious and he flunked his final exam. So the two of them are out of work and, and Maureen receives a very strange letter from a, an attorney in Florida informing her that she is the sole heir of, of um, a hundred year old inn, which is still in operation. Well, since it, Massachusetts is kind of an expensive place to live when you're out of work, she didn't have much choice. She, uh, the uh, person who would left this property tour was named uh, Penelope Josephine Gray. She checked with her parents. Nobody knew who that was. But they just, she decided to hop into the old Subaru and head for Florida. So she and Finn go to Florida. And that, that is, was the beginning of the Haunted Haven series. And Maureen arrives there and uh, finds there is already a staff, more or less in place, who are some senior citizens who have been working there for room and board before the uh, former manager left. And uh, Maureen kindly decides to keep them on. And she finds that the place is almost out of money and she's gonna have to try to keep it into good enough repair to run it. So when the second book begins, that's uh, High Spirits, because this this was uh, determined from the start with the publisher that it would be a Christmas story. Mm-hmm. So in one of one of Maureen's schemes to make enough money to keep the place going, she cooperates with a local movie theater, which is also an old time theater, and she uh, they're going to have a a promotion called the Twelve Days of Christmas, and they will run twelve old movies. I like to do research for my books, and it was such fun to research mm-hmm. the old movies. Yeah, and, and you probably do this too, Art, and, and I'm sure some of your your listeners do. Once you start research, you find yourself going down a rabbit hole <laughs> of yeah. all kinds yeah. of other shiny objects that occur along the way. So, and I am a pantser. That is the writer who writes by the seat of her pants. I don't have an outline. And and this constant research leads leads to other things which which sometimes develop. I usually don't even know who I'm going to kill, but I know I have to kill somebody in these books. <laughs> and then you start looking up things like poison, and that that gets interesting too. It's the oh, one sure. thing that hasn't put me on a no-fly list for the horrible things that I search. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Maureen, uh, uh, Maureen, and and. Uh, uh, most of the other residents of Haven have come to realize that probably the whole town is haunted and they don't choose to admit it to anybody. They do not want the tourists coming. They do not want the TV stations with the ghost centers to come and disrupt their otherwise peaceful life. So it's kind of a secret that's well known to all of the residents, but they try, they do try to not let the others mm. uh, know about it. And Maureen finds that her building, her her uh, inn, 
is particularly haunted and I've had such fun with the ghosts. Um, and nobody can say, I'm, you see, when you write about ghosts, nobody can say you're wrong and you made a mistake because who's going to argue with the ghost? Can't prove it one way or the other. Mm -hmm. And Maureen's particular resident ghost is a long deceased movie starlet named Lorna Dubois. And Lorna is very beautiful, but her unfortunately, she looked too much like Jean Harlow. So she never became a star. She is very interested in clothes. She's quite a gossip. And she knows many of the other ghosts that haunt the town. And uh, one of the guests that's staying at, uh, at the hotel during this Christmas season is the uh, projectionist for the uh, 12 Days of Christmas movies. And he's an, an older gent. And he uh, was hired particularly because he knows how to operate the old two-reel um, movie projectors. Mm -hmm. Now, how can I tell you this without having a spoiler? <laughs> <laughs> somebody has to die. And in addition to the somebody who has to die in this book, it turns out that the movie theater, of course, along with many other buildings, is haunted by a person who died there um, 40 years ago. And he haunts the theater, sitting on an aisle seat toward the front of the theater. And he he was murdered. It's a cold case. It was never solved. And uh, in the in the uh, subsequent happening in the books, we managed to connect the two murders with some uh, current people uh, who have have arrived in, in town at the same time uh, mm -hmm. as the <laughs> the person who was about to be deceased. <laughs> it's, it's terribly. I don't want to tell you, though, because I want everyone to read the book. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. No spoilers, please. <laughs> now, in the in the other series, in the Witch City Misty series, I also did a Christmas story. And this one was called Bells, Spells and Murders. And as you probably noticed from reading a lot of cozies, there's always an animal. And the, and the animal in um, in all of the Witch City Mysteries is Orion, a, a very wonderful cat. Mm. And he is always on the cover uh, of the book. And Finn is always on the cover of the uh, Haunted Haven series. Um, my my cat, Finn, uh, my cat Orion says, the bigger the bad, the cat on the cover, the better the book. So <laughs> we look for a cozy with a big cat. It's quite apt to be one of mine. I think Bell Spells and Murders is probably the scariest cozy I've ever written because, it, I, I, oh, I had a wonderful blizzard and somebody oh. following the heroine across the Salem Common in the snow, and it was nice and scary. Oh, that sounds uh, fun. Cozies can't be too scary, and they certainly, although you have to have murder, they can't, we don't use chainsaws. We, right. we are not bloody about it. And, um, and there's a little romance. Um the romance is more developed, of course, in the Witch City series because we're, I'm working now on book 13. Just turned in book 13. I'm thinking now about book 14. But it took uh, it took that many books for, for the hero and heroine to get together. And nice. we have a hint of a possible romance that's going to happen someday. But we take these things slowly. Little bit of, little hint of romance. Um, a little hint of comedy here and there. Murdered, not too bloody. Very delicate language. Maybe a hell in it or a dam here and there if necessary, but I try not to offend my readers. Yeah. Well, what what I loved about 
your books, uh, the, the, the two in the series, um, what I, I like that, what they call the, the slow burn between the hero and heroine, you know, they're, they're falling in love, but it's not going to happen right away. Mm-hmm. I, I've read several recently where it's like they get together in the first book and then, which is fine, but I like it kind of drug out longer. I don't yeah, know. I, in the, in the, the, um, uh, which city mysteries, it, it was, we took it very slowly. Mm-hmm. She did meet him in the first book. A cute me, you have to have that. And oh, sure. But by book six, my readers were saying, now, come on, this is a really handsome cop and this really delightful lady. Please, Carol, let's <laughs> be real. So we got a little more chub- chummy about book six. And um, Kensington rarely goes beyond 12 books in a series. So when I did book 12, I thought, this may be the end of the series. Uh, if things go as they usually do. And I don't want to have my readers dissatisfied, so I let them get married. Then then Kensington gave me a contract for three more books. So now we're into Mr. And Mrs. North or Heart to Heart uh, a territory. Yeah. And it's really kind of fun because now they can work together and they couldn't before because she was in... Uh, in television as a reporter and he was a cop and they he couldn't tell her things that that it, it might be unethical for him to do so but now they can mm. and of course they have the wonderful cat to help them now maureen hasn't had any problems like this yet we she's just becoming acquainted Did, yeah she yeah. had their first kiss in book two it was yeah. it was a significant kiss but <laughs> yeah but we we will follow that i love uh well Cozies are some of my favorite mysteries, and for for some of the reasons you mentioned, you know, there's usually an animal. Uh, some of them will have a little bit of a haunting, some won't, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. It, you know, I, I I like the characters. It's some sometimes you get the quirkiest characters in in cozies, and they're always just fun to read. Like uh, in in uh, the Haunted Haven series, the the ghost that, uh, and I forget her name now, but she's the one in the uh, that haunts uh, Marine's bedroom a lot. Uh, the one you said it was the actress. Um, oh, Lorna. Yeah, yeah. And she only appears in black and white the way she did in her movies. Right. Uh, I love her as a character. She's just kind of nutty and and yeah. fun. Yeah. I, I, yes, I love her too. Um, I was listening to a, a radio uh, program, Joy on Paper, that interviews writers, and they she the host interviewed Mary Higgins Clark once, and Mary mm-hmm. Higgins Clark said. The more you love your characters, the easier the writing is going to be. And I do love Lorna. She writes her own lines now. I just take dictation. Yeah. And I, I love how you have the ghost being able to interact sort of with, with real world objects, you know, that they're like, she's able to put on Marines dresses and stuff. Oh, well, like the, the essence the, the of essence the clothes. Of yeah, yeah. 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 She borrows clothes anywhere she wants. So out of Macy's window or out of Maureen's closet. And she just has to somehow magically take the essence of the clothing and yeah. make it her size and it'll fit her. And I had a reader recently email me and say, but can they both wear the same outfit at the same time? And I said, they could, but they haven't yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Lorna, she she would know that that's uh, uh, bad form to wear someone 
outfit at the same time no, you know no, she yeah. would not she would not do that she would immediately go and snitch somebody else's clothes right yeah you don't show up at the same party in the same outfit that's tacky no. yeah oh <laughs> uh, yeah wonderful well this is a a really delightful series folks and and you know i've talked about it recently and uh, we just highly would recommend them, recommend it to you. We, uh, a lot of us lo- love to read cozy mysteries this time of year, especially when it's, uh, well, I don't know about in Florida, but here in Iowa, it gets cold and dark and windy. It's a beach read. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> so what, what's a, what's typical weather for you on, on Christmas time? It'll be about like this. It'll be in the seventies most days. Uh, it, it's, we see so many out of state cars just more than usual because i guess up north it's pretty much the time you want to go also some of the kids are on vacation oh sure and we're close enough but far enough away from the uh theme parks that people sometimes take a side trip and and stay here because we have beautiful beaches um miles and miles of beautiful beaches Mm -hmm. and um it's we just love it we just love living here. Years ago, my blood turned to orange juice, I think. <laughs> we go up, up to uh, Massachusetts and New Hampshire, uh, mm-hmm. usually in August, and figure it'll be a little bit cooler there. It's, it is quite warm here in August, and uh, but I don't mind it. I, I, I just love all of it. Yeah, I, I'm kind of a wimp when it comes to heat and humidity. So Iowa gets its share of humidity, but I, I understand Florida kind of gets really damp. <laughs> it it does. Um, yeah. And and just this past week, it has been very humid, unusually warm and very humid. Actually, I had my hair done a couple of days ago because I knew you would see me on your screen, mm-hmm. but it's all just come back <laughs> to the way it was. So never mind. <laughs> oh, that's all right. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to, uh, to I've got some uh, Christmas questions here for you and sure. kind of a way to get to know you a little better. And first of all, uh, we'll ask, would you rather have eggnog or hot chocolate? Hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. Okay. Yeah. Even in Florida, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, you gave me those two. Cho- yeah, no, I would rather have hot chocolate. Yeah, no, of course, yeah, you yeah. can have cold hot chocolate if you want to. That's too. true. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know a good, uh, yeah. they call it frozen hot chocolate. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's really good. How about candy canes? Do you like candy canes? Not particularly. Okay. I, I, I don't hate them, and I wouldn't refuse one if you offered it to me. I might stir my hot chocolate with it. Mm-hmm. That would be tasty, but um, not not a fan, really. Okay. Well, that's okay. No one's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have a, a favorite uh, Christmas food, excluding dessert? Because I'll ask about dessert in a minute. You know, it's, uh, Christmas and Thanksgiving... I really, really like rutabaga, hmm. mashed with lots of butter and salt and pepper, and and, and I I had I had it uh, as a side dish for Thanksgiving, and I I will have another one in the refrigerator, and I will cook that one Christmas. Um, does that kind of come out looking like mashed potatoes almost? It or comes is it- out only it's it's pale orange. The thing itself looks like a big turnip. Mm-hmm. But a turnip is kind of bitter and a rutabaga isn't. And I just like the texture and the taste of it. And my husband likes it also. Grandkids, maybe not so much, but who cares? Yeah. <laughs> they can eat the mashed potatoes and the other stuff. There you go. Yeah, I, I love uh, stuffing, you know, like oh, yeah. uh, 
and I don't know, there's a debate, let's call it stuffing or dressing and which is which, but it's, it's the stovetop stuffing. I mean, that's my yeah. favorite. Yeah. We call it stuffing. Yeah. Okay, good. And I, I have, I have my daddy's recipe that used the bell seasoning and, and an egg and all that stuff. Mm. But lately I have been using the bit, the stuff out of the bag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. the general effect is the same. I love that stuffing, but I don't, I know at least two of my kids don't. So, you know, at Thanksgiving, my wife will make a bunch and I get to eat most of it. So it's great. <laughs> do you do you actually stuff it into the bird or do you do it on the side? Uh, we do it on the side. Yeah, I do too, because my husband cooks the turkey on the Weber grill outside. Oh, okay. Oh, and it comes out lovely and brown and crispy, but you can't stuff it. It would be messy. So the stuffing is on the side here too. Right. I know growing up, uh, my mom used to do that, put it inside. Yeah, mine but, did too. I did too when I lived up up there but yeah but i guess they're finding out that that can really make you sick so yeah it's uh, yeah the temperature it does not nobody ever did get sick from it that i know of but me either it, yeah. I, i'll take i'll take their word for it yeah it, it tastes good as long as i can still have it you know that's yeah. fine <laughs> uh now how about uh desserts what do you like to eat for a, a treat pie pie yeah what kind pumpkin pie particularly and apple pie would be my second best and I used to make mince pies. I haven't lately. The kids don't like it. And it's mm-hmm. getting harder to find mince meat. So I haven't made any mince meat pies for several years. You know, I had mince meat pie for the first time uh, last year. I, I made some, well, I should say sort of the first time. Years and years ago, my, my grandma made uh, some mince meat pie and it smelled mm-hmm. delicious. And I, I was a kid and I thought, oh, I'm going to try this. This is going to be so good. And I took a bite and I'm like, oh, this is so gross. I'm going to be sick. You know? <laughs> and so I, I never touched it again. But I, I kept hearing so many people talking about how wonderful it was. So it may be an acquired adult taste. I, yeah. I, I like it, but not not well enough to make it actually anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, I kind of cheated and, and just got some uh, mince pie filling and and made made kind of like little little mince pies you know like yeah. you might find in england and yeah. made some of those and, and i'm like yeah this is this is good i like it yeah. uh so yeah it was really good but yeah you know n- not enough to make it from scratch uh like my oh, grandma i never did. made it no. from scratch i always bought it yeah. now that's something you don't see on the shelves much here like maybe it's like the b&m brown bread you can see it all the time in Massachusetts, but you you have to kind of search for it here. And Sarah Lee doesn't make it at all. So yeah, well, I mean, she makes the best apple pie. So yep. <laughs> <laughs> I got mine off online. Like I ordered it through Amazon because I couldn't find any mince pie filling around here. Most of the people I know who make it make it from scratch. And I never I'm, did. I'm not going to. I don't try even it. want to think about it. Yeah. All right. How about a, a favorite Christmas tradition that you and your family do? Well. This is something different than than what than what I, I would have done in Massachusetts. But my husband and I, and we this is already we do this anyway. We like to take rides at night, and and we ride often along a Gulf Boulevard, which goes through several beach communities. And at this time of year, they're lighted beautifully. So every night we do not have hot chocolate, but we probably have have coffee or stop at McDonald's and get a couple of Diet Cokes. And we ride from, say, Treasure Island to Madeira Beach, Indian Rocks Beach, Bel Air, 
the whole string of beaches all the way to Clearwater and back. And um, most of the towns ha have lighted uh, displays on the utility poles. Mm -hmm. And but here, instead of the usual snowmen and Christmas trees, you're apt to see a big red crab and a and a dolphin with a Santa hat and uh, a starfish. And they're just beautiful and delightful Florida symbols in very large. And then the houses, just in the past week or so, you're starting to see the beautiful house decorations too. Mm. And uh, it's it's much different Florida uh, Christmas than than because being raised up there with the with the snow and snowmen and all that that yeah. that kind of stuff. This is a, an entirely different look, but. And then the palm, the lighted palm trees. Mm -hmm. It takes it's a little culture shock when you first move here, as Maureen is experiencing her first Christmas with the pink flamingos with the Santa hats yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I, but Jesus had palm trees. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, Jesus had yeah. palm trees. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, to me, I, I've always lived in an area that's been. If not snowy at Christmas time, it's been cold. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I've I lived in the Pacific Northwest for um, like five or six years as well, and it rarely would snow, but it would still be cold. So mm -hmm. to me, you know, Christmas time is cold, and I hear about uh, you know Christmas in like the whole Southern Hemisphere of the Earth is it's hot. Yeah, and I, I've often wondered does does the warmth does it still feel Christmassy like it does when it's cold here and all that? And it's a different it's a different feeling. It yeah. really it's just not it's not any less wonderful. It's just sure. different. Right. Yeah, and that's kind of where I, I I came down on it. And you know, like then reading books like yours and and uh, there's been a couple movies that have taken place that I've watched. Um, you know, in Florida, and one was and. I love how they just were able to make it feel so Christmassy, even though, you know, everyone's probably sweating, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're all air conditioned. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> Do you have a favorite uh, memory that has happened around Christmas time? Well, it, it, it all has to do with family, usually. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had four children and they blessed me with nine grandchildren. And now there are 14 great grandchildren. Oh, wow. So the memories keep building the faces change and and uh it's uh, uh, we're blessed that quite a few of the kids moved south my one throwback daughter that really enjoys all that snow and stuff mm -hmm. she's still she's still up there in my husband's family most of them are, are in uh, new hampshire and uh yeah the memories i'm trying to think because all the way back to, to to the childhood memories i could I can remember vividly, I couldn't have been about four years old when I got my first dollhouse that my dad had built for me. Mm. And it was all, and it's, I can just bring that memory up as though it was yesterday. And my grand, we used to go to my grandmother's house uh, for Christmas. And all, that's when I would see all the cousins and all the aunts and uncles and the wonderful, the wonderful uh, food. And uh, that's a lovely memory too. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Too many, too many to enumerate, but all good. I yeah, I'm learning that it's those times you spend with family uh, that really just make make a precious moment, you know, or a, a special moment. Yeah, and you might not even be doing anything in particular, but 
Well, like like you, I we love driving around and looking at Christmas lights or walking yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. Yeah, it's simple and fun, and it's it's a delight to us always. Right, right. One question I meant to ask. So this is not necessarily uh, uh, Christmassy related, but how how did you first become a writer? I have always been a writer. <laughs> uh, I I I read two books back to back when I was in the seventh grade. One was called Natalie Enters Advertising, and the other was called A Star for Ginny. Phyllis Whitney wrote A Star for Ginny, and I don't remember who wrote Natalie Enters Advertising, but in both books. The girls worked for advertising agencies. So I determined then that's what I was going to do. And I never deterred from that. I, I plotted it out. I said, that's what I was going to be. I was going to work for the advertising. Well, then I took some really bad advice from a guidance counselor, who I think also was the boys basketball coach or something. Mm-hmm. But he said, a woman can't get into an advertising agency unless she's a secretary. Oh. <laughs> and with a full boat scholarship, I went to Boston University, and instead of going into the School of Communications where I belonged, I went to the School of Arts and Letters and suffered through typing and shorthand. Typing did come in handy eventually. Mm-hmm. After one year at Boston University, not a distinguished year at all, I was offered a job as an assistant advertising manager for the Pickering Fuel Company in Salem at a little more money than my daddy was making. Being of sound mind, I quit school yeah. <laughs> and took that job. And, uh, and I, I did that for a while. And I got married and had a couple of kids. And then I became the advertising and sales promotion manager for an old New England department store, as shows <laughs> up in Maureen's book. Right. Um, and I did that for many happy years. And then I moved to Florida. First time I moved to Florida. And I went to work for an advertising agency here, which was different. We designed menus and brochures for motels and that sort of thing. But I have always, and along the way, I wrote magazine articles, newspaper articles. I did a lot of travel writing once I moved to Florida because I didn't have to go anywhere. Everybody wanted to be here and do little side trips and sold those articles. So I've been selling words for money since I was 19. Hmm. And uh, I never thought of myself as a fiction writer. I, I, I did nonfiction, loved it. Then I, I went to, a, I, I was in a writer's group and we had a speaker who had written uh, some uh, novels for middle grade students. And I, at the time I was writing for uh, Southern Travel about the world's largest sandcastle, which was uh, built in Treasure Island, right mm-hmm. near here. and. I thought, wow, that that would be a good place for a teen kind of romance thing for to meet on a, building a sandcastle. And since I I had access to all everything I wanted, I could walk around in the castle and interview the castle builders. My first attempt at fiction was a middle grade book called Sandcastle Summer, which I wrote for school book fairs, mm-hmm. and I did several uh, several more kid books. And but I was reading like you do. I was reading cozies for my own amusement and entertainment. Uh-huh. And uh, I thought, well, I could probably do that. And I wrote one, submitted it to seven different agents, and got the polite lots of luck letter. You know, thank you for, uh, but we wish you luck in placing it elsewhere. So uh-huh. I thought, well, I sold the the kid books, just direct to publisher. I'll try that. 
and I, I had read a number of Kensington books. Some of them were wonderful and some of them were not so good. So I thought, well, there's room for everybody at this yeah. company. And I sent it and, uh, you know, it said you should wait several months for reply. And in two weeks, they, they called me. I know luck is involved. I landed it on the right desk on the right day when that's when they needed a cozy. But and I've been with Kensington ever since. Nice. Well, I, I, and again, I'm not being paid by them or anything, but I've really appreciated how they've just reached out and have helped me uh, connect with authors like you to, uh, to have on the show. It's a, it's a wonderful company. I have, it's so, and, and the, uh, the, the publicity and the marketing they do is just amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, They've been so, so helpful. And, and um, I, I have, I had the same editor for the first, 12 books uh, and she has I don't know if she's retired or whether she's she's become an agent but at any rate she's not with Kensington anymore and I have a new agent who was also lovely and I'm liking her and Larissa who's probably the person you've been in mm-hmm. contact with is, is also my publicity person and she is just a wealth of knowledge and information and help and will hold your hand if needed and, and uh, yeah. yes Kensington has just been wonderful yeah, definitely. And I like their other writers too. I yeah, you know, and I don't even get a discount on their books. I mean, I really buy them. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Kensington. Yeah, where's that writer's discount? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, wonderful. Well, a uh, uh, couple last questions here. Uh, just, I really want to uh, encourage people to, uh, especially this time of year, to be to be kind and helpful to those. <laughs> So I, I wanted to ask to give us some ideas on how we can show kindness to others, uh, especially at this time of year. Well, I like to think that I'm kind, just in general, that I'm a rather a nice, kind person. I, I was thinking this morning when I, the, the Salvation Army lady was outside the Publix market, and I thought, at, at this time of year, it's more it be a $5 bill than a $1 bill. And I was thinking just about that sort of thing that, that we do get nicer. And I, I don't do this myself anymore, but I have a friend who still does. She makes cookies and she goes to the veterans hospital. We have a couple of veterans hospitals near, near here mm-hmm. and brings the cookies and just sits and talks with these guys who just want someone to talk to. And she brings the cookies. And, uh, my daughter, my daughter uh, is an excellent cook, and she also brings them to uh, the fire department. People who have to work on Christmas, firemen, policemen, and I always do say thank to thank you to them anyway when I run into them. But but if if you can do that, if you have time and you don't have a house with full of little great grandkids that you have to stay home and play with, yeah, um, it, I would do that if I still had the time and the mobility that I used to have, I would definitely bake the cookies and go and see the firemen. Yeah. In a recent episode, I mentioned, um, our, our town, we have a, um, a retirement home, uh, here just right in town. We, we, we have a very, very small town, but there's a retirement home and, uh, I'll, I'll sometimes go over for coffee. Uh, I, I know one of the couples that live there, uh, but, you walk in and everyone just acts like you're there. You are their best friend. You know, they, they just love yeah. the company. Yes, yeah. they do. Yes. It's exactly the same kind of thing yeah. as, as the veterans hospital or, or any place. Right. And, and I used when I, uh, before I was married and had kids and responsibilities and all, 
I used to go and read to uh, some ladies. Mm-hmm. They would select the books. I I was quite young. I I was still in I was still in high school when I did that. And I know that I learned to pronounce a number of words by reading to these ladies who would correct me politely. <laughs> I like to read um, classic stories on my podcast uh, along with interviewing. And there's sometimes I'll come across an old Victorian word that I'm like, okay, what is this word? How do you pronounce it? And I think, well, I'm just going to do the best I can, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I guess one final question, although I think we can probably piece this together, but what makes Christmas cozy to you? I think those rides along the beach is as cozy mm-hmm. as you're going to get in Florida. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, this, yeah, that's that. And also, I, I don't have any, any of the babies close by me anymore. My, the ones that were babies a few years ago are now little kindergarten kids. Some of the babies are up in Massachusetts. And cuddling babies at Christmas time or any time is, is, is so cozy. It's, it's such, and they smell so good. Most yeah. of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I, I do I do miss that. Not that I'm going to go around encouraging the kids to have babies. So a couple of the great-grandchildren, not the ones that, yeah, one that lives fairly nearby and one that lives in South Carolina, are both in their early 20s. So mm-hmm. I thought I would stand a good chance to be in a great-great-grandmother mm-hmm. if they're as prolific as all the rest of them are. <laughs> so I look, forward, I look forward to cuddling some more babies. All right. Well, we we no longer have babies in our house. My babies are teenagers now, so that's partly why I, why I got a dog. Uh, so I'm gonna <laughs> looking forward to cuddling her this this yeah. Christmas time. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, Carol, do you have uh, a website or somewhere online people can? I do. I have a website, and it's um, www.caroljperry.com. And there, and on the website, there's a link to order my newsletter, which is written for me by my cat Orion, mm-hmm. the cat from that series. And also, he lets Orion the cat let spin wolf once in a while. I listened to the audiobook. Oh, did you? I haven't even heard them. I haven't heard the. They're they used really to good. send me free ones, and they don't anymore. So I haven't even heard those, except the little sample that you can get on, sure. on Amazon. Yeah, uh, they're really well done, um, and I can't think of the lady's name who reads them, but she does a great job. Yeah, it's job. the same one. It's the same lady that does the. Yeah, she does both series. Uh, her name is C. S. E. Cooney. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 She. She does. I, I'm sure I've heard her in other things too. Uh, but I really love the way she makes Finn sound, especially his his wolf noise. And <laughs> oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to bring for one and buy it so I can hear her. <laughs> Yeah, well, I know one of them I got I got through our library. They they have them. Uh, I think it was the first one I got through the library. Yeah. So, um, oh, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I know that the audiobooks are selling very well. Good. I yeah. Think maybe during COVID, that that picked up. I don't know. Everything was selling well, which is nice. Right. Considering that the bookshops were closed for a while. Um. So, yep. Uh, book form, audiobook. Uh, both are really well done. Highly recommend it. So. Carol, well, uh, I, you know, I missed a great opportunity to, to mention your first name, Carol, Christmas Carol. You know, this is. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was surely coincidence. Okay, okay. My mother said she was reading a book at the time and she liked the name Carol Jones. She wanted to pronounce it Carol Jones. 
and she couldn't remember the name of the book, so never did find out what book I was named from which I was named. But anyway, it's Carol oh. Jones. All right. Uh, well, maybe if anyone ever, anyone knows, you can they'll let you know. <laughs> well, Carol, what's next for your mystery series? I know your your which one you said you had a, a couple more coming out. How yes, about? Yes, uh, ne- I'm working now on book three, and I, oh, Maureen is still trying to raise the money for for this place. And it's June, and business is slow. She finds a body, of course. She she learns about that a number of years ago, in June, Haven sponsored a fishing contest. And it was a large fishing tournament. And it was apparently very successful, and they never did it again. And it had to do with, here's, here's another rabbit hole I, I went down, it had to do with the Indian ba- mounds that are nearby, and there are Indian mounds near Gulfport, which is sort of the model for a lot of Haven. And uh, that that became very interesting. So we investigate a little bit about Indian mounds, and and that, that's a lovely opportunity for some more ghosts. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so that's the plan for that one. And one of my regular readers, uh, emailed me and said when is when is there going to be a book that features river river north is one of the favorite sidekick characters in the witch city mystery she's a tarot reader and she is a witch and she is a close friend of lee uh, my protagonist so uh, book number 14 i know there's going to be there's going to be somebody is making a movie in salem uh about witches and river either has a part in it or is involved in it in some way it's not that well thought out yet but um one of the movie people is going to be murdered and that's all i know about those two books but those are the ones that are immediately in the works and the 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 working title of the next haven one is haunting license you like it Mm -hmm. i love it yeah, I think that's good. Oh, I, was, I can see. I keep thinking of questions now. One of the things also about your mystery is that there, there's an ongoing mystery as to why does she inherit this? Yes. And I am intrigued by by that as to how she came to it. So, uh, you know, uh, until I sense that this series is going to end, I'm not going to tell the real answer because I don't know it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I will continue to, to, to put a few hints like this. Hints in book two that weren't there in book one. We have mm-hmm. another name uh, to consider, which may or may not lead anywhere. And uh, and there's that photograph of Maureen mm-hmm. with the fish. I will continue to drop hints about it. And eventually, together, we'll figure it out. Oh, well, we're on this journey together then. Sounds <laughs> yeah. yep. excellent. Well, uh, Carol, I appreciate you giving me the time today. And uh, thank you so much for just sharing your, your writing with us and as well as uh, all your uh, favorite Christmas memories and traditions and all the fun that you guys have. So uh, thanks for being on. Thank you. I enjoyed it. And I'll have to tell Larissa she was right. I It was just going to be a nice, easy, friendly conversation. And I didn't need to do a lot of preparation for it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, you have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. I want to thank Carol for coming on as well as thank Kensington for helping to arrange all these interviews with some of their authors. I'm not paid to say this at all, 
but I really have enjoyed working with them in communicating with them, getting authors lined up, and they've just been a big help uh, to me in that. So thank you uh, to the good folks at Kensington. You guys have really made uh, my year very special. So thank you. That will do it for today. If you'd like to help support the show in a financial way, there are links in the show notes. I have an Etsy store. I have a a t-shirt merchandise store as well as uh, any donations on Kofi.com are much appreciated. And with every donation you make, I'll send you a bookmark or a sticker along with a Christmas card. So thank you so much for listening. And until next time, be kind to each other and do good. And remember, let us honor Christmas in our hearts and try to keep it all the year. Have a very Merry Christmas.